Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Everybody and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host Justin McElroy, and I'm Sydney McElroy. And wow, Sid, that escalated quickly. Yeah. Wow. No joke. Wow. We uh, all of a sudden we're we're living medical history instead of just uh, talking about it. That's true. And you'd think that since we talk about medical history, that that would be something we'd be excited about. I can't say I am. No, yeah, no. I'm. I, I like medical history in the past, where history belongs. Right. <laughs> no history in the present. Thank no, you. No, that's not even history if you think about it. You know, Sid, that's a great point that a lot of people are, seem to be afraid of uh, of mentioning. It's not history if it's happening right now. Hmm. That's and you know when you spend a lot of time inside, you get philosophical like that. <laughs> Too true. Uh, right. So. Let's catch you up. The last time we did an episode, I think we talked about our general lack of uh, concern and then things sort of. Well, we we did an episode. We did. There was a whole medical questions episode in between. Yeah, right, right, right. We recorded it early because we were going on the Joko cruise. And at the time, we were kind of keeping in touch with everybody. And and I was talking to some colleagues and and specialists to see, you think this is okay? And everybody seemed to agree like, yeah, you know, right now this this seems okay. You know, wash your hands. And they're screening. They're screening people on the boat and stuff. They're not going to, it's going to be fine. Yeah. And I mean, it was, and here's what we can tell it was fine on the uh, the boat, but uh, but when we came back, yeah, we were getting we were, we had very limited internet access out there, and uh, it was weird. We kept getting these updates, and they would pass around like old timey like word of mouth, like they were you yes. know you weren't getting like text messages, which just like the schools are all closed. <laughs> yeah, it was wild, and it was a very different place to come back to, like. When we went, I saw one person wearing a mask on the way to there. On the way back, it was like mm-hmm. much, m- many more, many more folks. And and everyone was uh, taking appropriate precautions. You know, there was tons of hand washing and uh, much less hugging yes. than I'm used to. Much uh, Practically no hugging, really. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No hugging, no handshakes, lots of elbow bumping um, as a new greeting. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, everybody was a- appropriate, but I don't think anyone quite expected what we, what had happened when we came home. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, let's, before we sort of like 
uh, talk more clinically, and Sid's going to share some of her experiences. Let's get out of the way that this is already very bad. This is not a cursing show, mm-hmm. but this for for people who are, we're going to probably talk like a little more clinically about some things, but we want to get out in front that like. Obviously, if you're in many different industries, service industries, mm-hmm. entertainment, uh, we know people and uh, people that we love and are related to and care about a great deal who have already like lost their jobs as a result of this uh, mm-hmm. this pandemic. Um, Which, yeah, so that, you know, it we realize that the effects extend beyond the obvious, right. which is that this virus is bad. And it's, you know, um, when we talked about it on the show previously, I tried to be cautious and optimistic that the spread would be under control before, you know, it became a pandemic. And then, of course, that didn't happen. Um, And I think a lot of people were caught off guard by how quickly everything changed um, Probably some people who shouldn't have been caught off guard yeah. that should try to be ready for stuff like that seem to have been <laughs> caught in very off guard. You keep having that. People keep saying like, well, there's no way we could have been prepared. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, isn't there somebody whose job it was to like run these exact scenarios right, to yes. like to be the person who <clears throat> who has to think about that and write out the plan for that? Even though it probably wouldn't happen, isn't there somebody? Uh, Did they get fired? Maybe. Maybe is that what fired. we're? That maybe is what they, I'm they getting to. Their job has understand. not been filled yet. Yes. Um, but yeah, the the uh, so we we understand this is already uh, crummy, um, I, like beyond crummy. I again a non cursing show, so we can't really uh, fully. Um, <laughs> Uh, express how terrible it is for everyone. So if you're and, if you're affected, and I feel like everyone is to different degrees, but if you're someone who's already been already been profoundly affected by this, he- heck, you may know someone who who is sick. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're so sorry, and like it's you know it's obviously a miserable situation. And I think I think that uh, what we what we came to understand pretty quickly once we started seeing cases in the U.S. is that this has probably been circulating places longer than we realized and so you're you know you're seeing a combination of the spread of the virus alongside more testing equals more positives because you find the cases yeah um and obviously it is now and i think everyone's aware of this but in case you're not it's in every state we somehow i guess we should address this west virginia appeared to be a strangely shaped viral virus free <laughs> utopia yeah, for a brief yeah. moment. We are we are 50th in so many things and here in West Virginia and now we're 50th in, in COVID, in COVID cases. cases. Uh but I should I should be clear I do not as a physician in West Virginia and I think every physician I've spoken to would agree I do not feel that it was because there were no cases. Right. Obviously, at this as it stands right now, I believe there are seven to eight cases in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some a little bit of, is unclear there, but there are seven or eight. And I think there probably are more and have been more and that we were not kept you know, from the virus as long as it appeared, because 
we are not testing very many people at all here. And the shortage of testing is a, a nationwide problem. Yes. Uh, the, the fact is that we've seen from the, from the different places uh, around the world where this has become a, a problem before us, uh, or at least where they've reacted before us, that the more testing, the faster you're able to isolate people who have it, who might be asymptomatic and not know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's really crucial that you test as many people as possible. And that's, that's probably the number one thing the U S needs to step up. And hopefully we will be able to soon. That is at least my understanding in our state. I don't know. I don't know, though. That, that is not my... I don't know. I know we all have that same hope. Uh, along those lines, Justin, I thought we would take a quick moment to talk about the new Everly Well test. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Good old Everly Well. Stepping into the fray. <laughs> so testing is one of the biggest problems we need to test because... Initially, we thought you would know if you were sick and there were there were varying degrees of severity of illness. Now we realize that a lot of people won't know and testing is crucial. Everly Well is starting, I think, on like Monday, unless it's I don't know. It might already be available, but I felt like it was about to be available. They're going to allow you to purchase through the mail an at home COVID-19 test for one hundred and thirty five dollars. They're they're quick to stress that that $135 is cost to them. It is not in any way profitable. They are making $0 off this. They would like you to know. Um, but they can't sell it for free because then they would lose money. Right. So they, the test, as far as I can tell, I've been desperately trying in preparation for this episode to figure out exactly how, what, like, what is this? You know, because we've talked about Everly well on the show before, and they run some allergy, food allergy testing that is incredibly, well, I was going to say questionable, but is is not real. It, I should be, I should be precise. It's not real. It does not actually indicate whether or not you are allergic to foods or intolerant of foods and should not be used, is not recommended by any medical society. And so that immediately makes you question any kind of testing they would put out otherwise. Uh as far as I can tell, what they send you with the COVID-19 test is just the ability to collect a nasal swab. And then you send it back to them and they send it to one of their labs. They work with a number of certified labs throughout the country who are already running these COVID-19 tests. They would just also run yours. It's just a different way of getting it done as opposed to having it done at a hospital. So. If, if that part is accurate, the machine that's running the test, I would think, would be correct. They say it's a viral PCR. That is the test that we would like them to do. That part of it sounds legitimate, um, but I don't know. When I tried to find out sensitivity and specificity numbers, I couldn't get it. I couldn't find any information. Couldn't get any information. Um, so, again, that's a guess. The bigger problem, I think, is the collection part. Mm-hmm. Hey, Justin, have you ever had a... Of, of respiratory swab, a nasal, a nasal no. pharyngeal swab no. for respiratory illness? No, no. The way that they do these swabs um, is they take a, a big Q-tip, basically, and they stick it really far up your nose. Way farther than you think somebody should be sticking something up your nose. You probably didn't even know the tube went back as far as, as, as you explained it to me. <laughs> 
it doesn't seem right. No, when you when you look at how far the diagrams as they explain like how to collect them, and I have read through this. Uh, I don't actually do them often in our office. It's it's one of the nurses who will collect the samples, or in our hospital. Uh, but we've all kind of been trained on how to do them in this situation. Uh, it it is not something that you as a lay consumer at home, I think would necessarily be skilled at doing. And to yourself, especially yes, if you're exactly, you know, you're going to, it's, it will be uncomfortable and you're going to be concerned that you're poking things you shouldn't be poking. Um, I, I, I doubt anyone could do any harm to themselves, although Who knows? humans are capable of anything, right. but, but my bigger concern is if you don't get a decent sample because it is so uncomfortable, then you're going to get a false negative result. And then you might think you don't have it when you do, which is bad. And I, this, they, they have uh, two very small studies to try to support this method of collection, this like self-collection at home kind of thing. And I do not feel they are powerful enough to, in this at this moment in history, when knowing whether or not you have it is so important, this feels very uncertain and shaky to me and not like something that I would recommend. So these are the same tests. These are not the sort of like instant tests that we've been that then those are what's in short supply, right? Yeah. The, well, I mean that you send it away to a lab and you can do the viral PCR, which might, it might be quick to run it, but you're talking the turnaround time is you got to mail it to them. Right. Um, but the thing, but this is uh, what I'm trying to get to the heart of is like obviously the short, the quick turnaround tests uh, are are in short supply and they are hard yes. to come by, right? Yes. The sort of instant right, uh, right tests are hard to come by. This is not gumming up that supply chain. No, I don't see any. I don't see any way this is necessarily harming that supply chain. Um, I I do feel like since we have been promised by the government that the tests will be free. It does seem odd to offer them in a roundabout way through Everlywell because the government aided with this mm. process. It seems weird to offer them through Everlywell for $135 a pop, which most consumers, I think, will not be able to to buy. I mean, especially if you consider, like, if we wanted to do that, we'd have to buy four of them. Yeah. You know, that's that's an ex- that's very pricey. And well, I understand, and also, as they've pointed out over and over again, it's not profitable for them. But at the same time, it, it, you know, how helpful is it? Right. So somebody is getting in the, that money. Yes. Someone is getting the hundred and thirty five bucks a test. Um, but the, the bigger problem is that there it is not hard to get a test that you can run and know the answer to right away. And in other places in the world, they are doing tests where they give you the answer pretty quickly as to whether or not it's positive. Um, What we're looking at right now, just ordering tests normally here is three to four day turnaround, um, which is tough. It's easier if if patients are in the hospital to know where they are that whole time, at least. Although, of course, we'd prefer they not be because then they wouldn't be a sick. Uh, But where are people going while they're waiting? Yeah. so I, I at this point, I think there's so many question marks about that company and that allergy, that food allergy test or food sensitivity testing, whatever they want to call it. That's so that's that's bad science. And that means bad faith to me. And that makes them so untrustworthy as a company that they would stand behind something that is untrue. It makes it really difficult for me to trust them 
with something so vital as this COVID testing. That's so, I mean, that's I, I'm not saying that the test, if you got it and did it appropriately, would be naturally wrong. It may well work. But I, how can I trust them with their history is what I'm saying. Yeah, I would. I'll, I'll be less diplomatic. Don't I because I'm not a doctor and no one cares what I think. Uh, don't trust <laughs> these people. Don't give them a dime. Don't let them handle something that's important for you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know that the the alternative is also miserable, like the not knowing and the and, and what yes. have you. But also, like, I would say you may not know if you meet. Tell me if this is correct or not, because I'm talking kind of out of my butt. But mm-hmm. you may not know if you meet the criteria. And if not, you could be blowing one hundred thirty five dollars and then the next week, you know, still be wondering. Right. Like it. it well, you know. that, that's the thing. If you don't collect the sample right, you won't get an accurate result. And how will you feel confident that you did? And so, I mean, I guess if it comes back positive, I guess it's that kind of test. If it came back positive, I would say it probably is positive. Mm-hmm. That's probably fair. Again, though, I don't know the sensitivity or specificity of the test. I can't find those numbers. But... I would assume if you got a positive, it is positive, so it could be helpful. But if you got a negative, I don't know that I would I would rule it out. I don't know that I would feel comfortable just because I, I think it would be very difficult for me to swab myself. And I know how deep it's supposed to go. Mm. I, I, but I think it would be very difficult for me to do it to myself. And I am a medical professional. I have read the instructions. I've been trained. How hard would it be for somebody who's just got you, I assume you'll probably have a sheet of paper with instructions right. and, and pictures or whatnot. It will still be very difficult. So um, let's uh, let's take a quick break there at this point. And uh, when we come back, we can talk more about Sydney, some of your personal uh, experiences. I also want to talk about social distancing. All right. Let's go, go to the building department. All right, let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although 
there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Uh, so we're, we are back. Um, Sid, let's, uh, what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about social distancing or you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, I want to, I want to briefly comment on that when we, when we did our episode on quarantine and then previously just on COVID in general, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily calling for quarantine and I still would say that quarantine is something different than what we're asking people to do. If you are not social distancing, Please let I hope this helps convince you that you should. If you are, thank you. You can like sit back and relax for the next minute. God, if 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 you listen to this show but aren't like that is a wild I have to imagine that's a very thin sliver of the Venn diagram. Evangeline Lily, thank you so much for listening. It's, <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you, but let me just preface with I know it sucks. Yeah. I know. I I get it. I agree it does. Uh, Justin and I love to travel. We love to go places. We have a whole life structured around being able to, you know, take our kids and go see things and do things. We love that. Well, um, we also depend on it. I mean, financially, like yes. we've already canceled uh, several shows and may mm-hmm. and may need to cancel more uh, or, or not schedule more more accurately uh, because of that. Obviously, like we're we're. Uh, far from the hardest uh, hit by this, but it, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we get it is what we're saying for sure. It's, it sucks to have to stay inside all day. um, Although you can go outside I should clarify that. That that's one that's thing. Actually, I've been asked. Good. we went outside you, for a little bit today because it was like in the mid seventies mm-hmm. here, and that was that was very helpful. Yeah, as long as you're not hanging out with people that you're not inside with. I mean, like when Justin and I went outside, we did not stand six feet from each other. <laughs> but if you're if you're gonna go somewhere where there's a lot of people, I would still try to maintain a safe distance. I know, like my sister uh, Taylor is jogging, and uh, they said that when they were at the jogging track people were still maintaining six feet from each other yeah so i mean you can be outside i would say like for us front yard backyard is all we're feeling comfortable with (laughs) Uh, we haven't gone much else uh obviously if you need food or supplies of some sort to survive which we all do you're gonna have to make quick runs to the grocery store or to the pharmacy maybe you need medications things like that um 
but I would try to keep those trips short and uh, rare. And I would try to uh, make sure that when you do, you're practicing as much hand washing. Um, a lot of places will provide like sanitary wipes if you need to use like a shopping cart or something like that, wiping down the handles. And then ke- you got to keep six feet from everybody you see. Yeah. As hard as that is. I mean, and not, that not sounds, for me. Well, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. I'm real good at it. I've been training my entire life for this. But when you consider that, I mean, this just is not something that at least in our lifetimes we've really, that we've encountered. Yeah. So if it feels like, well, this is wild. Right? Never, on anybody's on no. the globe. And if you're thinking like, well, how in the world? We've never had to do this before. Why would we do it now? Exactly. We've never had to do it before, but we do now. Um, it's wild, you, Sid, to think that I we did the polio. You know what I keep thinking about? I keep thinking about the polio episode. Mm-hmm. And in the polio episode, we I think we briefly talked about like they shut down all the swimming pools. And we were like, I, I remember like, wow, that's what a <laughs> wow. Can you, believe that? Can you believe it? All the swimming pools. What? <laughs> Everything is shut. To, like the, I was I was like uh, surprised by swimming pools being closed. That's and, nothing. And it really we, we kind of alluded to it like back in 1918 during the Spanish flu. A lot of uh, social distancing took place back then. Most of us probably do not remember that firsthand. Yeah. Um, and it was very variable depending on where you were, how much social distancing was taking place. Uh, I think the closing of schools, um, universities, I, I hopefully that has been a big wake up call. In our state, restaurants and bars have now been closed along with uh, just now salons and barbershops. And barbershops. And, yeah. um, I think that all quote unquote non-essential businesses will probably be closed soon. And in many places where you're listening, that might be true as well. Um, And I know, again, that there are some people who even now are saying, well, this seems like an overreaction. It's not. This is what we need to do. As hard as it is, this is what we should be doing. Um, I mean, we have. That's the scariest thing about it. We have no idea. Like we because of the lack of testing, like we have no clue. Yeah, you don't you don't know who out there has it. And this is just this is the only this has been proven to work. This is the only option we have at the moment is wash your hands and stay apart. And that includes you can't have get togethers in your houses. Um, there was there were some people at work talking about should we have a meeting of the book club? <laughs> and I said, no, no, you can do a virtual book club. You can all read your books at home and then Skype each other about them. Yeah. You can you can have a giant group text about them. No, you can't have a book club. You can't do that stuff. Again, I I know it's it's hard, but the, you've got to take it seriously. And if you know somebody who isn't taking it seriously, like reach out with a friendly hand and say a virtual friendly hand. Don't actually touch each other. Stay six feet apart and say, I, can I please implore you? Could I please talk to you about this? What what are what are your questions? What why do you not feel convinced? Let me help you understand if we stay apart we don't all get sick at the same time and we in the medical community are going to be able to take care of the waves of sick people as they come. That is the hopeful plan. And if that is the way things go, we'll all get through this a lot better. If everybody gets sick at the same time, cause they insist on going out to restaurants or hanging out at each other's houses or going to spring break and partying. If everybody gets sick at the same time, we won't have enough equipment and staff and hospital beds and ventilators to take care of everybody. 
and there will be unnecessary deaths. I think, and I think that message has been out there a lot, but it's, if anybody is unsure, is this media hype? Is this real? This is real. And I am, I am just as shocked as anyone that this is where we are. Yeah. I did not see this coming in January. I really didn't feel it would get to this point. That's why we're not medical futurists. <laughs> we're not even medical historians. Um, let's let's. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about. I've been you, you and I've been talking a lot after you. You just by sort of roll of the dice, like we got back from our travel and then went home and we've been at home since then except sid just by sort of happenstance is on hospital service this week so she you know went into the office uh you know it's it's very different i've always enjoyed inpatient medicine uh i like the pace of it i like uh the variety in in family medicine we manage everybody all ages all problems and so i've always um, sort of look forward to my weeks of inpatient medicine. I also work with a team of residents and students usually, although the students aren't allowed to come to school right now. Uh, but I always have really loved that part of my job. And it's, it's wild how different the feel is, the atmosphere. And you have to understand here we haven't been Again, in West Virginia, we haven't been really hit with uh, what we assume is coming, a big wave of cases. Um, I, maybe because we're not testing. I know there there's a degree there's of so like many different theories. I mean, that's been geographic so, and yeah. social isolation. Maybe here. word out people from the state don't travel as much, possibly. And, and a lot of and the cases um, ha, here have been, I mean, the confirmed cases at least have been travel related. Travel related. As yeah. far as we can tell, as far as we can tell so far. Um, so, you know, it so far we have not been been hit by a bunch of, of cases all at once, but it's very um, ominous. There's a deep sense of foreboding about whether or not we're going to be prepared and how we're going to cope with this. Um, in case you're not familiar with West Virginia demographics, which you're probably not, uh, we're an older state. Um, uh we have, I believe, the highest chronic disease burden, like sounds right. You know, per per percentage wise, like per yeah. uh, per person, um, or at least one of the highest. So it is any. It's so even people who aren't above that that kind of. We know that this is a disease that is worse the older you are. Although it does affect younger people too. We have a high degree of people who are under that age limit who still carry a, a high chronic disease burden so therefore more susceptible to the severe forms of this disease and uh we we have a lot of fears about what happens if we do have a lot of cases all at once um if it did take root in one of our nursing homes or something um it's very i think a lot of people are very scared everybody is being incredibly cautious which is a good thing uh hand washing we're all watching each other we're all singing together when we wash our hands <laughs> somebody <laughs> once told me that is that i assume that's the one you no we're doctors we're boring we just sing happy birthday lizzo i do lizzo but yeah. other people sing happy birthday so i sing along um i know i'm i'm not cool i just pretend uh we all have discussed at length our various decontamination stations at home talk about that talk about when you get home 
So now um, we don't know this. I don't know if that uh, we don't know of of any. Have not known of any cases. I, I don't. There may or may not be a case where I work. Right. I, it's it, not confirmed. It, it's not confirmed. Again, the testing is taking like three or four days to turn around, and so it's very difficult to know if if we're being exposed to it or not. We have, of course, I think that in this area, the, the medical community has done an excellent job of coming together to come up with screening criteria, a way to separate and isolate patients who are of concern to protect medical personnel and to protect our patients. Um, like, for instance, when I get to work every morning before any of us are allowed to see patients, we go have our temperature checked and registered. We have to and it has to be signed in like I can't. I can't get away with not, not that I'm trying to, but like you have to, um, to make sure everybody's afebrile. And then, uh, obviously, uh, everybody's taking the precautions we can, if we actually have to see a patient of concern. Um, you've probably heard a lot about the shortages the country is experiencing, experiencing in personal protective equipment. Um, PPEs, PPE. if you hear people use that acronym. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that is definitely true. In order to, to go into these rooms, although I know this has been a shifting issue, what exactly do you need to wear? Ideally, uh, a gown, a disposable gown, gloves, um, a face mask. <clears throat> a lot's been made of the N95 masks. I know recently the CDC downgraded it to a surgical mask. Most people do not feel comfortable with that. Um, and I think the science says the only thing that's 100% foolproof would be like a respirator like you've probably seen in movies, like yeah. in the biohazard rooms and stuff. Um, a face shield or goggles, although ideally a face shield, like the plastic shield that comes down would be better. Um, and uh, we, we should be wearing that whenever we see any of these patients. And I have not experienced the shortages, although everybody's trying to be very careful about reusing what you can, saving what you can, um, because we expect that there will be shortages when when the patients start yeah. coming that's what everybody's kind of waiting for it's i think that's what it is it's the anticipation we do not we're not so naive as to believe that we're not going to get it here um and we're nervous about the fact that we're not testing so we don't know where it is you know it's just out there somewhere and it's invisible uh everybody's having to wear the hospital scrubs which is interesting i never realized how many people were buying nicer scrubs <laughs> Until I looked at everybody and went, why does why do we all look so schlubby, myself included? Because we're all wearing hospital scrubs, and they don't fit. As I've said before, they do not fit like they do on Grey's Anatomy. Um, and when I get home every day, I uh, leave as much stuff as I can in my car, which for now is just like the contaminated place. But we don't go anywhere, so nobody yeah. ever gets in it but me. But when I get out, I have like a little decontamination corner of the garage where I strip completely. I bag up all my clothes. Uh, I go ahead and I have some um, Clorox wipes that I wipe down, like the things I'm going to bring inside the house, like my phone and my watch, uh, my water bottle, those kinds of things. And uh, so I wipe everything down with Clorox wipes and then I run quickly uh, through the house <laughs> yelling at the girls, don't hug mommy yet, don't hug mommy yet. <laughs> I throw all of my clothes in the washer immediately and then I run to the bathroom to like wash off and shower off and wash my hands and get as clean as I can and, or at least until I feel clean <laughs> do yeah. a thorough wash down. Um, and that's kind of my decontamination routine. I know some physicians 
in areas where there are more cases or who are on kind of the front lines, like our ER physicians, um, and not just physicians, I should say all medical staff. Um, I've taken to staying away from their families or setting up like little like beds in the garage or the basement or somewhere else. Um, we haven't done that at this point because we haven't, haven't really been exposed to it as far as I know. Yeah. Um, but I know some people have had to do that. And I, and that's important to remember. I talk a lot about physicians because I am one. And so it's what I know, but all of our healthcare personnel are coming and, and working and all over the country, all over the world are saving lives. Our doctors, our nurses, our medical assistants, our respiratory therapists, their physical therapists, they're an occupational therapist, they're phlebotomists, all of the techs, the radiology techs and the lab techs and the, you know, all, all these different people who are coming, our janitorial staff who's cleaning constantly. I see them all out cleaning the handrails and doorknobs and everything constantly. Our receptionists, everybody who works in the medical system, they're coming and they're doing their jobs and doing the best they can to keep you safe. Um, but I've never seen my colleagues scared ever. I've been in a lot of rooms. I've been in negative pressure rooms. I have been exposed to a lot of things. I've never felt scared. And I think a lot of us do now. Um, it's very, it's weird. It's, it's, it's something I have never experienced in my career. Um, so any other, like, in terms of things people can do, because it is, it doesn't seem like there's a lot, especially for us non-physicians. And we know all this stuff. I mean, social the, distancing. I, yeah. Any, anything else? The, I mean, the number one thing you can do is just stay home. Um, don't be tempted to, oh, I'll go over to my friend's house just for a little bit. Just don't, please, please. Um, it's the best thing you can do if you want to help us out who are going to take care of people. And if you want to help out, like... You know, your, your grandparents, your elderly neighbors, your immunocompromised friend, like, you know, if, if you're a young, healthy person, good, then I hope I hope you don't get sick. Or if you get it, I hope you get a mild form. But there are people who are less likely to. So stay home. Wash your hands. I think we've said it before. Uh, soap and water work great. It doesn't need to be hand sanitizer. Soap and water actually is the better, better right? option. It breaks down the. Something. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the hand sanitizer works. If you don't have soap and water, use the hand sanitizer, but um, wash your hands, wash them thoroughly, 20 seconds, sing happy birthday twice. That's the standard um, all the time. Uh, what else? Oh, a couple things to know. Um, this is not the time to be hoarding. While it is good to try to limit your runs to the store and buy a little bit more than what you need, um, everybody, there are a lot of people out there who need, for instance, like formula for their babies or baby wipes or diapers or toilet paper or milk or bread. Um, and it, I don't think it does society a service to buy all of it, <laughs> um, especially formula. There have been so many people who have not been able to find formula for their kids uh, I saw a recipe online that somebody was passing around for how to make homemade formula. And come on, like we're better than that. You know, I mean, we can do better than that. And if you are somebody who's experiencing that, you can look on the can. There's a number you can call and they'll ship you some. Um, but still, uh, and it's the same with um, medicine. So you're going to hear a lot of 
rumors about something that works, a secret cure, a secret medicine that doctors know works now and that somebody discovered. Um, Notably, there's a medicine called Plaquenil or hydroxychloroquine, or you may have just seen chloroquine, which has been investigated. Uh, It's a chloroquine we use for like malaria, Plaquenil, hydroxychloroquine we can use for lupus. And there are people who depend on this medication to live already who take it and need it. There was some very mild correlation with taking this and doing better with the severe, moderate to severe forms of the disease. And it is under investigation. There is no evidence right now that if you are well and asymptomatic that you need to take it. So please do not buy it. If you are someone who can prescribe, please do not prescribe it to your friends and family to have just in case. Um, We're creating a shortage of a medication that people need to live. So if you see that, no, we don't know that yet. And there is no benefit to you getting your hands on it and hoarding it. Please don't do that. You're taking medicine from someone who needs it. Um, same thing with, uh, I, I think the only other things I've heard out there are like, should we stop taking a blood pressure medicine called an ACE inhibitor? Right now, the evidence says, no, don't t- stop taking your blood pressure medicine unless a doctor tells you to. So please don't do that. And then I think there was a lot of information going around about um, anti-inflammatory medicines like ibuprofen and whether or not they make COVID worse. Uh, The evidence is very weak for that. Again, um, if you're really nervous and you have a headache, just, I guess, take acetaminophen instead. But I mean, I don't know why anybody needs to take ibuprofen. But um, but again, these things these things are being blown out of proportion, not just by like Facebook memes. Um, but unfortunately, by some head government officials, maybe like the head government official, and that's not necessarily where you need to be getting your information. Trust the CDC. Trust the World Health Organization. Talk to your local health department. Talk to your local physicians in your community. I know our community of doctors uh, has come up with you know, screening criteria and protocols for everything, for inpatient, for outpatient, for the community, for how we're going to cope with this. Um, we're, we're being very proactive to try to address this and serve everybody as best as we can. And, you know, I would not look to social media for accurate information about this right yeah. now. Um, now, Sid, a lot of people are saying elderberry has been really effective. What, where are we at on that? Are you really are you really gonna poke the bear with elderberry? Um, no, please don't use elderberry for God, this. If you make up some BS um, herbal solution to this, like we will, ne- this will be over one day, and but it will not be over for us here at Sawbones. We will continue to come for you. Uh, you should, you sh- I, I said before that you should get your flu vaccine. This remains true that you should still get your flu vaccine. Um, Maybe combine that trip with <laughs> yeah, another if you, trip. If you're going like, anyway, like they have it at the local pharmacy, get your flu vaccine. Please don't go somewhere and endanger your, you know, like expose yourself in order to get it. But it's safe to do that. You also, it is safe to donate blood. Yeah. And that is becoming a problem because people are afraid to go donate blood. And understandably, right? We've told you all to stay home. So all I right. get it. But it is it is still safe to donate blood. And please do that if you are capable. Um, I know the American Red Cross is experiencing some shortages because of that. And, and um, we all need to, to do, our, do our best and be our best. Mm-hmm. Maybe more so than we've been called in our lifetime. Yeah. 
um, to take care of each other. Um, one thing that actually Sydney and I haven't talked about, um, we knew we were going to do this episode. Um, I don't know what the next episode of Sawbones is. For me, it seems weird to not talk about this if it's happening. That flip side, you know, you may want to break from it. I completely get that. It is, it is, I mean, folks... If it has been all you've thought about and or talked about, like you are not alone. It is definitely that way here at the McElroy household where we have to force ourselves to engage with Survivor for 45 minutes just to give ourselves like a break from actively obsessing constantly. Um, the the main thing. Yeah, I can understand. I, it's hard for me to talk about anything else, but I think we all do need to take care of ourselves physically emotionally mentally spiritually Mm -hmm. um and part of that is like taking a break uh i will do my best to by next week have something that is not about coronavirus for us to discuss but i were at the pace things are moving maybe it will be about coronavirus you know who knows well it seemed disingenuous to talk about anything else it's really if you if you're feeling in shock with how fast everything's shifted you're not alone I think probably we're all feeling that way. Um, you know, I don't think any of us expected to be living in times like these. Uh, but if you are being, if you are doing what you should do and staying home a lot, uh, please don't do what I do, which is um, eat tortilla chips all day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's all I want right now. I don't know what that symptom is of. I don't think it's of coronavirus, but all I want to do is eat tortilla chips. Um, don't like do your best routines. Help us all. Yeah. These are going to be new routines, but routines help us cope with life. Try to get out of bed at some point, <laughs> get dressed, get cleaned up for the day. You know, for me, a shower does wonders. Maybe that's um, what we should do next week. I, I've been, uh, basically living as a shut in for the past decade. Maybe I could just give all my hot, my hot tips for the shut in life that I've willingly engaged in. I think, I think that would be helpful. Cause I know for a lot of people, um, I don't mind to hang around the house a lot, but I, I for a lot of people, this is, this is very challenging and that's there's no reason that you you don't you can own that that's okay it's okay to admit that you don't have to say like well all i have to do is hang around the house so i have no right to complain no still do it but you can complain about it it sucks just remember that like here are the two things you can cling to one there is almost no matter what scenario you're in there is absolutely someone who has it as hard or harder as a result of this, it is literally affecting everybody and we're all, but the, the, the flip side of that is this is one of those rare things where you can actually impact it. Like you can do something with the, the feelings that you have. And that is like, you, you can help, you can stay home, you can practice good hygiene, etc. Yeah. Flattening the curve is not rhetoric. Um, we, we know that this is very communicable and we know that a lot of us are going to get it. The key is that we don't all get it at once. So that is not, that is, that is not hype. We do need to flatten the curve. It will help protect us. It will help keep us all safe. It will help more of us live to see the other side of this, which is the ultimate goal. Um, and, uh, please work to help those in your community who have been impacted by this. 
not directly by the virus itself, but indirectly by the closing of everything that's occurred. Um, I know we have been trying to like, look, what local restaurants can we order food from? You can do like pickup or delivery. A lot of places are like, we'll take it out to your car. You don't even have to go inside. Yeah. Um, but look for that in your community. Uh, I know there are a lot of funds being started to support like not just the service industry, but like the entertainment industry. A lot of people who are out of jobs because of this. Um, and obviously more needs to be done for that on a government level. I don't. You know, we yeah. don't we don't have that impact, but um, you can call your Congress people. You can remind them that shutting the shutting all of the bars and restaurants down was great and the right thing to do. But the only way that it works and long term has good effects is if it's coupled with it makes the sacrifice worth it for the people that lost yes. their lost their jobs. It, like it has to be coupled with let's we, we need to stop rent payments. We need to stop mortgage payments. We need to we need student loan forgiveness. Um, we need healthcare for everybody. I mean, you have to couple it with these things or you haven't ultimately done all the good you can. So, um, that is going to do it for us this week on Sawbones. Thank you to the taxpayers for the use of their song medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And, uh, thanks to you for listening. Hang in there. Um, this too shall pass someday. You're going to be able to come back to this episode and well, you'll probably skip this one. <laughs> Come to think of it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame you, but it's gonna. We will get through this. Yes, we will get through this. They're they're working on a vaccine. It's not gonna be ready for a while, because um, you want it to work and you want it to be safe. But they're working on one. We know that vaccines work and save lives. Yes. So save us vaccines. Save us You're vaccines our only, again. <laughs> yeah, ride to our rescue, our undeserving rescue. One more time. Okay, that's gonna do it for stay us. Stay hopeful. Yeah, stay hopeful. Stay home. Uh, that's going to do it for us for this week. So uh, until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. All right. Yeah. org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.